Hello everyone, my name is Brandy Daniels and welcome back to the Natural Hair Acceptance Podcast. On today's episode, we will be learning about microaggressions and how they affect black people. Our first guest, Tracy Daniels, will explain what microaggressions are and how he addresses them in the workplace to maintain climate control. Welcome, Tracy, and thank you for taking the time to speak with me on this issue. Why don't you take this time to tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and explain what exactly microaggressions are. How you doing? I'm Tracy Daniels. I'm a 28-year-old substitute teacher and a assistant deli manager at a supermarket in the suburbs of Pennsylvania. Um, I grew up in South Philadelphia. I have two sisters, an older sister, a younger sister. I grew up with my mom and my dad. A little kind of a split household. They were still married, but separated. We grew up knowing the ghetto, in the ghetto, but not necessarily of the ghetto, if you will. My jobs now kind of are abstract from the way I was raised. It's not necessarily a place where I thought I would have landed. And I say that to say that it's difficult having to change in a way that I can't necessarily bring what all that I learned from home into my career, into my workplace, especially being a teacher. There's a lot of microaggressions amongst both my peers being staff and the parents of the students, as well as microaggressions that I deal with just me to my students, those interactions. Also in my job as being assistant deli manager, I deal with a lot of microaggression that I think stems from just, not even just my culture, but just my, me being of a different financial um, setting than, than my surroundings because of the suburbs and me having had come from the city, especially the poverty part of the city. So dealing with these cases of microaggressions, how exactly do you address these issues to maintain a neutral environment? Within both of the jobs, I guess I maintain climate control through with who we hire, who we deal with, the type of people we can deal with, the type of people we will be dealing with on a daily basis. For example, in the grocery store, we know that on the weekends, mainly on Sundays, we deal with families, families as a whole. And on Mondays, especially early in the spring, late fall, we deal with elderly people mainly. And this comes into a play because we can't have someone who's a parent 
shuns or, or makes our customers feel uneasy, we have to always have a welcoming place. We have to always control the climate. We have to always focus on keeping that door open, keeping that door welcoming. But I also cannot be aggressively pushing away the people who may make someone else feel uneasy. So I can't directly um, shun or, or cast that person out. So what I have to coach my staff in is microaggressions where they, 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 they believe that it's something that they're not even intentionally doing. They're not even intentionally pushing anyone away. And I, and I instill that into them until it becomes something that they do un, unknowingly until they are constantly acting out on these microaggressions. They constantly are putting these microaggressions out there. They, they are constantly unconsciously prejudiced. And that's the model that is often coached in most frontline careers. Is this instill microaggression upon your staff so they can always control the climate of your customers. Thank you so much for that. You actually answered a lot of questions without me having to ask them. So far, you covered what microaggressions are, which you explained are accused of prejudice. You also described the ways that employees respond to them in your particular work environments. Now, in your opinion, how much of a negative impact do you think that these microaggressions have against Black people compared to other race groups? I think a lot of the time, the Black group is the target group as far as who we want to direct our microaggressions towards, or not even who we want to, but just who we naturally target those microaggressions at. It's kind of as if the demographics for that culture are the standards for microaggressions. As I said, it's, it, it's an unconscious prejudice, which with a strong racial direct, if you will. And, and, and because of that, it eliminates a lot of the culture. It changes a lot of the culture. And it ostracizes a lot of the culture as well. And a lot of groups within the culture, because the African American culture isn't just one group. It's not just a hip hop group. It's not just a, a working class group. It's not just a poverty group, but it is a group of people is what it is. And just like anywhere else, we are a melting pot of differences. 
and I believe microtransgressions kind of conform them all in together and force them to change. Thank you so much, Tracy, for providing us with insight on microaggressions. We will now transition to discuss someone who has been affected by this issue. I welcome back Bree Thompson to discuss her experience with microaggressions in her place of work. Welcome back, Bree. Can you take this time to tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Hello, my name is Bree Thompson and I work for the American Red Cross. I am a driver slash mobile unit assistant. That title basically means that I'm the person who drives around to different states and different cities in the tri-state area that is setting up for local blood drives in different communities. while doing that, I am the person who I greet the donors. Sometimes I'm registering the donors. And once registration is completed, I also perform what is called the health history. And in the health history, we also perform the physical exam, whereas we are doing different procedures like blood pressure and checking hemoglobin iron to make sure that they're eligible to donate. Also help out with the completion of the donation where I'm the person who helps out disconnecting the donor after their donation is completed. Thank you for giving that information on your job. So what exactly does the work environment of your job look like in terms of like the demographic and like the overall climate? Uh, the demographic and climate is the demographics and climate. Uh, it varies. Sometimes we have some African Americans, Caucasians, older kids, older people, older adults, younger kids. We're from high school students to college students, and even seniors. In our last discussion, you briefly spoke on some of the issues that you would face in the workplace, one of those being microaggressions. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience? Yes, I've experienced microaggressions on multiple occasions. I can remember verbatim two experiences within the past year or so. And the one that really stood out to me was uh, in my natural state of hair, I um, had two strand twists and a donor, I was completing the donor's donation and you know, the, the, the standard procedure asked her name, birth and everything. And she proceeds to tell me, oh, your hair looks very nice. I have a granddaughter that has coarse hair and you know well we've had her for x amount of years I can I would never be able to do it like that we usually get somebody to do it for us and to me I was I I didn't really know how to take it so 
I kind of like laughed it off and I said, oh, well, my sister usually does my hair for me because I can, you know, I, I can relate because I, I couldn't, you know, accomplish this twist myself either. And the lady just like, you know, laughed it off and continued with the procedure. Do you think that this lady was intentionally trying to make you feel this way? No, I don't think it was intentional. I think it was a her way of a conversation starter. So moving forward, if you were to ever experience another situation like this, another form of microaggression related to your hair, how do you think that from this original experience, how do you think that you will be able to respond to that? Honestly, I, I don't know because in this day and age, so many people are, I feel as though they can dish unintentional disrespect, but they can't receive unintentional disrespect. It's like, you know, you don't mean anything by the things that you say and you never know how somebody is going to receive what you say. So if I were to say uh, something to that effect to another person it's like I I don't know if I would lose my job or they might you know write me up send an email or something to that effect so with that with within this industry I usually try to just you know smile and nod and just say you know thank you for your donation and you know hope to see you again take care stay well I would like to thank my guests, Tracy Daniels and Bree Thompson for joining me in this discussion. As a black woman, I have both witnessed and experienced some of the issues we discussed today. I was able to learn a lot about how to address microaggressions and I hope that my listeners did too. All music credits for this episode go to Anchor by Spotify. To learn more about black hair and the issues against it, visit my website at naturalhairacceptance.com dot wordpress.com thank you again and i hope to see you next time